Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Bob Stauffer with the Oilers in Tampa Bay. Guests and Oilers now receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply savoring the night on the town. Every meal is an occasion at Roos Chris Steakhouse. It's open at 4 o'clock on Oiler game days, but 5 until close Tuesday through Sunday. You can tell Chris, Chef Altaf, and Brendan that Oilers now sent you. Without further ado, uh, we move this segment to uh, Friday of this week. By the way, Frank Cervelli uh, will join us Monday. He is over in Sweden right now. Uh, so Frank will join us. Louis was on the plane with us yesterday and then departed uh, to parts unknown. We actually know where he is. But Louis DeBras joins us once a week for GCL Diesel. Warren and Cam and the group at GCL Diesel providing service, genuine diesel parts, and turbochargers at great prices for over 50 years. Visit GCLDiesel.com and we appreciate Louis DeBras squeezing us in because i think he's got a little bit of family time going right now hey louie how you doing i'm doing great but it's been awesome it's been uh fun to be back in boston and i'm spending some time with jake obviously it's the dad's trip in boston here so for the second time in my life i get to do that and i'm pretty uh proud and happy to be here with him right now and doing it uh is he with you right now you out for dinner like did you have to step out or something are you feeling guilty yeah i did have to step up but that's okay i knew you were calling i told you to call so it's all good but uh yeah, having a good visit. It's a beautiful day here, too, in Boston. It's been crazy how the weather's been in both cities, respectively, in Edmonton and here. But uh, nice day. Walked around, did some shopping, and now having a dinner. Well, it's the least you can do for your chauffeur coming back from the road trips, right? <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> and, hey, we got to give Tony Brar a, a shout-out. I haven't oh, mentioned yeah. this yet. But when we flew back on, uh, what was it? I can't even remember the days. Now. Must Saturday night after the game in Seattle. Yep. Uh, uh, yours truly, that would be me, uh, left the lights on in my uh, Brentridge Ford truck and ran the battery <laughs> down. And for some reason, I'd switched my uh, booster cables out of my truck to my wife's vehicle. So I uh, fortunately, Tony Breyer came over, and uh, it only took about, uh, between the three of us, we got a combined IQ of 87. <laughs> <laughs> it did so. take us a little while. Didn't it? We tried a couple different vehicles to get it going. You were dead, dead, that truck. But we finally yeah. got it up and running, and yes, Tony was great, too. I uh, stick around. He could have just bolted and got out of there, but he uh, gave us a real big hand. Louis, let's cut to the chase here. When we landed Saturday night coming off that win against Seattle, I didn't yep. think we were going to be in on Sunday uh, having a press conference with Jeff Jackson, Ken mm-hmm. Holland, and Paul Coffey, and uh, and Chris Knobloch. Were you surprised the Oilers made the move? Of course I was surprised. And I think you're always surprised when the move happens. I think there's always some rumblings before it, and it starts to get talked about a little bit. But as you and I talked about on that particular evening as well, we just felt it was a little early and, you know, maybe they'll give some more time to kind of work this thing out, right? Because obviously not the start that the team wanted to have in the season, but at the same time, we've seen what kind of runs this team can go on. And when they are playing at full capacity, they're still one of the best teams in the league. But 
Yeah. They felt it was necessary to do the change, Bob. And when you when you think about it, when you look at it, you say, okay, I understand. A little part of me understands why you want to make that change and why you need something to be shaken up with a team that has real high expectations. But let's face it, it is the cruel part of the of the hockey world and being in sports. And, you know, I thought that Jay did a great job as a coach of the Edmonton Oilers. And I thought Dave Manson was a great coach as well. But we've talked about this before. This is the hard part when things don't go the yep. way they're supposed to go or perceived to go and changes need to be made. Well, it's interesting because your son plays for Boston and it hasn't always been uh, rosy for him there. But they've had a consistently good team. And even when people have underestimated, like, like okay, so they don't have Bergeron, they don't have Krejci. I remember when Char left, I was like, okay, well, now they're going to take a step back because they play that zone defense because they got Char and they don't want they want him in front of Lynette. He's gone. They're not going to be as good. And they were still as good. <laughs> you know, you know uh, yeah, Bergeron and Krejci, they were unbelievable last year. They're both gone. And I'm like, now they're not going to be as good. Well, they're still pretty damn good. Is there something about certain organ and, and of course they're built defense out, and maybe that's a little bit of it. But I'm going to defer to you because you watch the Bruins all the time. What is it that allows them to have consistently good teams? Because you look at the star power, and they're maybe not quite on the. No disrespect to Pasternak and Marchand; those are great players, uh, and they do have Lindholm and McAvoy on defense. But what is it about Boston that allows them, without the same strength down the middle, still? have a real good team and good goal uh, differential. Well, you know, Jake and I started a show today that I haven't watched that I can't believe I never did watch, and it's Band of Brothers. And I kind of, when, when I was watching the show, we've had a lot of discussions about the first couple episodes that he told me to watch because he loves the show as well, too. And it's about coming together and really playing for one another. And when I think of Boston, Bob, that's what I think of. I think of a team that has an identity, but they all play the same way. They don't cheat the game. Um, I agree with you. They are defense built out. They have two great goaltenders. That always helps you in that cause. But if everybody's kind of pulling on that rope sorry, and playing the same way, good things happen. And you don't have to necessarily be the more skilled team to win a hockey game. A lot of times it's the team that can execute that and be patient enough to wait for their opportunities that wins the game. So, And I think that's what Jay, honestly, I think that's what Jay was trying to preach to this very highly skilled team in Edmonton was to play that way. And I think no doubt Chris Knobloch, if you listen to him early in his press conferences, he's saying the same things. You have to do the little things well. You have to commit yourself and dedicate yourself to playing the right way. And if you do and you have that skill, great things can happen. Well, we have an interview coming up with Chris at 6.05, and he goes right down that path during unsolicited during the course of that interview, sort of explaining a little bit of philosophy. Sportsnet color analyst Louis DeBrest for GCL Diesel, providing service, genuine diesel parts. Turbocharges are great prices for over 50 years. Visit GCLDiesel.com. How have you thought the orders have performed under... Um, Chris Knobloch, has there been a discernible difference uh, in terms of tactically how they played or maybe in terms of their patience level and their calmness in games when things aren't going well? Well, less risky. No question less less risky than they played um, under Chris, and I think that's something that was really hammered down, was not making those low-percentage plays, look for high-percentage plays. Um, I like the fact that he's talking about quickness, and I think they've tried to play a quicker game. At some times, it's cost them some chances against. 
but at the same time, you would rather your team make mistakes out of aggression than sitting back and making mistakes. That's always been my philosophy, and I think that's kind of what they're trying to feel out here is, you know, keep pushing this to play that faster-paced game in the defensive zone, closing on the attacker, closing on the Ds, and then when you get the puck, it's about taking off and getting that puck into the hands of the Forbes that can, that can activate and go on the rush. So... That's kind of what I've seen, and I think they've tried to do that. They've been successful in stretches of the games, and in other portions of the game, they've they've looked like they're battling a little bit uphill. But um, I think that's going to be the work in progress, especially with a new uh, coaching staff coming in, and you know, probably telling them a few different things that they're thinking a little bit more instead of acting. Three and oh, one point six six goals against average, nine forty two save percentage for Stuart Skinner. Kind of starts there, doesn't it? It really does, and it's good to see him put some games together, to be honest. I know he's a guy that takes a lot of pride in his game, and you know he wore a lot of the weight of the start on his shoulders as well as Jack Campbell, and just the, the tandem not necessarily playing up to their capabilities from their perspective. And it's good to see him put some, some saves together, especially early in games, too, I thought, in the last couple of victories, just having to make that first save after Edmonton has some pressure and you have a few chances that don't go in. When that team gets that one chance going the other way, and scores, which has happened a few times this year to Edmonton, it can be really deflating because you think to yourself, oh, here we go. It's going to be another one of those nights. And he's been able to close the door in those situations, which really boosts up the confidence of your bench. Louie, uh, you're down at ice level, and the other night, Adam Ernie uh, planted a elbow oh. <laughs> uh, that, frankly, I thought could have been a major penalty. You were right there. You saw it. Yeah. Uh, happened in a hurry right in front of you, didn't it? It did. He closed. And, you know, Ernie Ernie has that reputation, and that's why he made the team is because he is a physical player and he plays hard. Um, I think the reason it was not a major and only a minor was the fact that he didn't chicken wing the arm out. Truthfully, Bob, he came in and he, and he moved his whole body in that direction, and it was the elbow that caught Belmar, but I think that he didn't move the elbow. So that was the big reason why he didn't get a major, because if he throws that elbow out, you can visibly see the elbow extend out from the body. There's no question it's a five, and he probably gets suspended. Yeah. We're right next to uh, Burns Steakhouse here in Tampa. This obviously oh. in this city, you're, it, it's <laughs> obvious great steak place. We know that. It's amazing. Uh, this impacted you and Cindy because uh, it's a pretty prominent time, special time in your life down here in Tampa. Absolutely. Jordan, my daughter, was born there in Tampa. And uh, so always a special place um, in our lives forever. And, uh, yeah, you know, we loved our time in Tampa. It's a great city. I only spent one year there. But used to eat at that Burns Steakhouse quite often, Bob. And they used to have a special room for dessert only. It was incredible. you got to try it. Oh, we did, when Jack cooked us up here, of course, it was a corporate dinner. So uh, the, the Stauffer credit card, which remarkably has never been seen over the last 16 years on the road, uh, did not have to come out for that one, Lou Dog. Well, and speaking of dogs. Not, I know you're not a coffee drinker either, but the coffee there is maybe the best coffee I've ever had, too. So. Oh, I'm a, I'm a coffee drinker if there's Bailey's in it, Louie. There you go. With the give it a try, then give it a try. Uh, Tampa, Tampa, uh, Lou Dog, Dog. What? Don't don't you have a dog named Tampa? Yeah, Tampa's named after that uh, after that city too. Obviously, was na- he was named by my daughter Jordan, who was born in Tampa, and that's why. So, but uh, yeah, so he's uh, yeah part of that history, and it's great. Love that city. Hey, have a great time with Jake on the father's trip, Louie, and we'll uh, we'll see you when you get to Washington. Okay. 
Will do, bud. Thanks a lot. You bet. That's Louis DeBras from NHL Hockey on Rogers. It is 7.45 in Tampa Bay, 5.45 in Edmonton. We'll get to the Oilers injury report, which coincides with the return of our next guest, Connor Brown, when we return on Oilers Now. Into the Ashley Fine Floors text line from Medicine Hat Dave. He says, Bob, I know it'd be a cold day in heck, but it'd be great if the Oilers could send Campbell, Xavier, and a first to Montreal. They send the first and Campbell to San Jose, and they retain half. Imagine it'd be take extra capital to make that work. Thanks, Medicine Hat Dave. There's one way a deal could work with Montreal. Uh, if you're involving Campbell, they got a player at five and a half million that's got an extra year on his deal longer than Campbell's, and he's having every bit as brutal of a start to the year. I've always liked this player, but it'd be a highly risky move. And that's Josh Anderson. He hasn't scored all season long. All right, Connor Brown is back in the lineup. We're going to hear from him momentarily. It's 5.50 at Edmonton. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott, and Kellen Kennedy with you. If you're looking for a great holiday gift, give the gift of travel this holiday season to New West Travel with a New West Travel gift certificate. Whether you're celebrating a special occasion or looking to surprise a loved one, give the gift of exploration, relaxation, and an unforgettable experience. Adventure awaits, and there's no better time to start planning. Call New West Travel or visit at newwesttravel.com. We bring aboard Brendan Escott. Brendan, Connor Brown, back in the lineup. He's going to play with McDavid and RNH. Uh, you'll hear in this interview, he says he's uh, skating better right now than he did when he was playing earlier in the year. I know a lot of people have talked, oh, don't play him the 10th game because the $3.25 million bonus kicks in. That was always happening. We knew that. It was the price of doing business. What's a real ex- uh, realistic expectation for Connor Brown? 67 games left. Let's say he gets 60 games. What's If he's playing in the Oilers' top six, what's realistic for him? Well, the last time he played a season of that length would have been 21-22 with Ottawa. In 64 games, he managed 10 goals. Now, I assume he's going to be playing with some higher caliber teammates here. So if you want to ratchet that up to 12, I think that's what we can consider an acceptable season. 15 would be great. right? But he's more here for the well-roundedness. I want to see him be difficult to play against. I think that there's another level of that for him to bring. Not that he's an antagonist by any means, but Zach Hyman's really turned it on. And if he can turn it on the same way as they're often comparables, uh, that might be just what Edmonton's been missing in its bottom part of the lineup or even alongside Connor McDavid or Dreisaitl. All right. So, and then we discussed the Tampa Bay situation where they don't, they don't sit there and include a bunch of first rounders to get rid of picks or to get rid of players. Um, They move picks to get players that can help them at this point. Are we looking at a top nine forward? Are we looking at a second pairing right shot defenseman? Are we looking at another goalie? If Edmonton, you know, sends a pair of picks off to make a move like Tampa made to add the likes of a Hagel and a Janot. What do you think? Sorry, I'm off air all of a sudden. They, uh, it, what worries me is that they have too many of those needs to address just one. So I don't okay. know that you can push your chips into the middle on a bigger name. I think that somebody was onto something earlier. I don't know that Dumba is the defenseman I'd target out of there, but maybe you can pry uh, Nick Bukestad back out of Arizona yeah. along with a Karel Vamelka. Something along those lines, I wonder if you can get a twofer. 
There you go. That's interesting. Very interesting. All right. Without further ado, the Oilers Dow Injury Report's brought to you all season long by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Trent Brown, Jim Brown, big supporters of the Edmonton Oilers, the Edmonton Elks, and the Alberta Golden Bears. Trent, like me, still hurting after the Bears uh, blew that 27-21 lead with possession on the UBC 15 in the final minute. Turned the ball over. Uh, could have kicked a field goal. Been up by two scores. UBC plays CNFX tomorrow. They're going to beat him by t- three touchdowns. You heard it here. Uh, but time to hear from Connor Brown. Let's get to that conversation. Leading the stretch today, obviously a sign that you're going to be back in there, Connor. Just a thought on, uh, you know, it's been a bit of a process for you and just get an opportunity to get back on board playing. Just excited. Just excited. Um, you know what? It's been a long road back to uh, to not only playing but playing healthy hockey. I think at the beginning of the year, obviously, um, still trying to get myself back to 100%. And uh, now I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. And so it's just, uh, you know, it's, I'm excited to kind of put that all behind me and just go out and just enjoy being an NHL player and enjoy playing with uh you know, the great teammates that we have and uh, have some fun. How much of it is the skating and how much of it's like the touch and just, you know, the that twitch that you got to have, especially, you know, it appears as though you're going to be uh, up with uh, two guys that can really share the puck, like Connor McDavid and Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Well, yeah, I, th- I think it's both. Yeah, I think at the beginning, honestly, it was more skating um, throughout camp, and but now my skating feels great. I feel like I got some pop in my step, I'm on my edges, and, um, and and then, you know, then you go, it's it's one thing to make passes in practice, but it's, it's passes at that pace, and um, so it's, it's uh, you know, that's been an adjustment, but, you know, I, I've done it in this league for a long time and so uh, I'm excited to get it going. Uh, you're a multi-dimensional player, we know that. Uh, how comfortable are you if Chris Knobloch goes to, you know, 14 to 16 minutes a game right out of the gate and gives you some PK time as well? Well, PK is kind of where I hang my hat throughout my career. I mean, um, you know, it's, it's something I take pride in. Uh, you know, it's a benchmark of my game, so um, you know, I, I'll, be, I'll be ready and excited to get on the PK. And I know we asked you about this the other day, but uh, Chris has been here for a couple days now, you haven't been on the bench, but you've obviously been around the team. Does he just... Is it, does it just kind of settle things down a bit? Like it's, I think that's, like yeah. what I've noticed is when the team hasn't been going, they're not panicking, forcing, trying to create. They're just kind of, you know, is that too much of a read on my part? What do you think? No, I think that's a, I think that's a fair assumption. I think that just his overall demeanor and presence, and uh, you know, it's it, everything's calm and, and direct. Um, you know, it, when he goes through a video, it's uh, you know, it's uh, it's uh, you know, it's easy to understand what he what he wants of us and what's expected, and you know. Like there's no really gray area, and uh, you know, uh, so I think that's just that's one of his strengths as a communicator and as a teacher and as a coach. So um, you know, that's kind of you know that calming presence can be exactly what you need in in such an emotional game. Final one for you, Connor. You're playing Tampa. They've been a really good organization for a while. Nothing like, and I and I wonder sometimes for guys like Connor McDavid or Leon Dreisaitl, they have so many teams get up to play them. Yeah, they played pretty well last couple of years against Tampa and Pittsburgh in particular, where they got the star power and the trophy. Just a thought on that. Well, it's always exciting coming to a team that's uh, you know has so much success and and uh, you know the kind of success that we want to have here. So um, you know, you kind of put our you know stack our cards against them and um, and put it to the test. So we're going to be excited. I hope that was a relatively painless three minutes. Yeah, it's no problem. Always got three minutes for you, Bob. 
There you go. That is uh, Connor Brown of the Edmonton Oilers, 556 in Edmonton. Uh, we mentioned the fact John Cooper now in his 12th season as the head coach of the Tampa Bay Lightning. He took over the Lightning at the age of 45, a mid-season replacement coming up out of the minors. Uh, Chris Knobloch turning 45. I mean, if he could have half of the success that Cooper's had, it'd be amazing for fans in oil country. I think that's an absolute given. I don't think the Lightning are as deep as they've been, but they still got that high-end talent. One of the things that Tampa Bay has done, and it's a separation between the Lightning and Edmonton, okay? But Braden Point, third-round pick, 2014, 51 goals last season. Kucherov, a late second-round pick in 2011, multiple 100-point seasons three times in his NHL career. Anthony Sorelli may uh, be out of lineup tomorrow, but he's a second-line center, third-round pick for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, you know, even uh, they've got the two base guys that were drafted by Brian Lawton, who, of course, does our show every Tuesday in orders now uh, for Wild wow Factor Desserts. Hedman, the second pick in 2009, and Stamkos, the first pick in, in, in 2008. But the reality is the Lightning, you look at three picks up front, three top six forwards, Point, Kucherov, and Sorelli. In rounds two and three. And that's the difference between them and a lot of other teams, including, unfortunately, the Edmonton Oilers, who just simply have not hit on enough picks, uh, period, and especially outside the first round. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Zach Ferguson. And when we come back, our sit-down, one-on-one conversation for Will Hawk Beef Jerky, our headliner on today's show, our first long-format radio interview with Oilers head coach Chris Knobloch. This is Oilers Now, live from Tampa Bay.